This podcast contains adult language. Starting now. Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of All the World's a Cage, the podcast that delves deep into Nicolas Cage's operatic filmography, one movie at a time. But this isn't just a podcast, folks. It's a celebration. Come along with us to Bellissimo a Cefalonia. Hear Nick Cage doing about two-fifths of an Italian accent. <laughs> Feel sort of bad for a Nazi, and then later, don't and see Christian Bale getting shot in the asshole by a cannon. So pull up a piping hot mandolin and join us. We watched the 2001 fascist occupier and fascist occupyee love story, Captain Corelli's Mandolin, starring Nicolas Cage, Penelope Cruz, and Christian Bale as Tom Cruise from Born in the Fourth of July. Yeah, file under movies that I did not expect to be about Nazis the first time I read the title or saw the cover yeah. for that matter. I know. Yeah, yeah, I fully expected like a World War One. Oh, also, I'm your co-host, Josh. Oh, I'm your co-host, Jeff. And eventually one of these days we'll get it right. I'm your co-host, Sean. <laughs> Practice makes perfect, guys. Uh, 24 times we haven't got it right once, but we'll get there. So the normal question we always like to start with here is, had you seen this movie before? Had you guys seen this movie before? You know, somehow I missed this one. It it wasn't on my radar, you know? So weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nope. Nope, this was a first-timer for me. Yeah, same. This is the kind of movie that I was aware of. Like, I knew that it had come out. Um, But at the time when it came out, I was like 13, I think. Yeah. So, you know, not the sort of movie that appealed to me at 13. And then later on, when I started getting into movies in my 20s, this was also not the kind of movie that appealed to me. And then later, though, when I was uh, 32, it was not the kind of movie that appealed to me. Yeah, maybe maybe so, next decade. We'll we'll see. Maybe maybe next time. Is it is it when you reach your like late 40s, maybe early mid 50s that it's when you, you just get obsessed with World War II. Yeah, I feel like <laughs> you start you start watching a lot of History Channel, yeah. and you start getting really into World War II. Yeah, but if if um, just watching ugh. the History Channel is what has caused that in the past, I, I think we might be the next generation of not or the first generation of not caring about World War II because their programming, if in case you haven't noticed, is super all over the place now. It used to yeah, just be all documentary historical. Yeah, now now it's like what uh, ancient aliens and uh, <laughs> like yeah. um, if ghost hunters are like a thing. I mean, it's a thing. It's definitely a thing. I just don't see how that's history. Yeah, History Channel should really do what ESPN did and do like spinoff channels. You know, they have, they had like ESPN two and stuff. They should do that, but they should do like history. This one's about World War II. Yeah, I don't know though. I feel like all of those programs exist because they didn't have enough programming for just one channel. Boy, we really don't want to talk about this movie, do we? No, not so much. <laughs> but let's do it. Um, 
What did you guys think? Just sort of broad overview of the movie. How did you like it? Oh, I thought it was really good. <laughs> did yeah. you really? I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I kept thinking like, how is this? How is it? How? Do, why am I liking this? It's like you know, you you've got this occupying soldier living in your living room, and then, yeah, I just I, I kept thinking like I I shouldn't feel like. Uh, sympathy for them but like you know he probably didn't join the war thinking it was like a good idea he probably was drafted mm-hmm. that's how most of those people ended up there yeah but, and they try they make that pretty clear i think on purpose yeah. that he's not like uh a died in the wool you mm-hmm. know fascist yeah he's like i'm proud that i haven't shot a gun yet and i'm like yeah. oh wow that's pretty cool i mean eventually that's gonna change but it is World War II. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but Jeff, what'd you think? Uh, I actually liked this movie more than I thought I would, which isn't gonna really mean that I enjoyed it all that much. Still, I was real apprehensive about this one. I, you know, I just I see I see this on the cover, holding that up for it's Josh good. here. It looks like a... You guys remember when that woman did that restoration of that Jesus painting? Yes. And it looked like a weird, like, monkey thing? Yes. It looks like somebody did that, but it was a painting of Nick Cage and Penelope Cruz. Yeah, and instead of uh, crude oil paintings, it was an airbrush. Yeah, they they may, they yeah. give him a real baby face on this one, which, uh, I mean, he... It looks like it should be on the hood of a car. <laughs> Side of a van. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Slap a wizard hat on Penelope Cruz and we're good to go. <laughs> Not on Nick Cage. No, <laughs> he's no. played a wizard before. Sorcerer. Uh, I'm oh, that's... sorry. My bad. You guys, uh, you like you liked this movie? It's cool. That's cool. Uh, well, hey, let me stop you there, bud. I said I liked this movie more than I thought I would, which is to say that it actually moved along pretty well, and it wasn't yeah. like. Uh, Compared to something like Trapped in Paradise, where my skin was just crawling and I couldn't wait for the movie to be over the yeah, entire time, yeah, like, I, I actually got caught up in this story. Um, hmm. it, it wasn't, you know, my favorite thing I've ever seen, but I, you know, it, this was like a medium for me. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't okay. say I loved it. <laughs> okay. I mean, I okay, enjoyed that's, it. That's that's cool. Well, what, what about uh, you, Josh? I was. I was a little bit, I didn't like this movie very much. Um, a little colder. It, there were some parts that I did really like, and we'll definitely get into those. Was it the scene on the beach where there was a bunch of boobies? <laughs> that was unexpected. Uh, yeah, I I did not see that coming either. I did not expect this movie to contain nudity, but it has a lot. Yeah. Like a surprising amount in it. I know. And every time I was just like, again? Okay. That, Wow. I thought it was I thought it was okay, I guess I like this like it was better than a lot of the ones that we've done for sure. Yeah. And there were parts of it that I really liked and I really liked some performances, too. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah. Oh, but let me just give the gist here. If you guys haven't seen this movie before, here's the gist. It is set in Greece in 1940 during World War Two. The Italians send a contingent of soldiers to a small Greek island, Kefalonia, with orders to just hang out there. Nick Cage is one of them. He's Captain Corelli, a high-ranking officer. 
Uh, Penelope Cruz is Pelagia. She's the local daughter's doctor. She's engaged to Christian Bale at the start of the movie, uh, who is also from the island, but he leaves to go fight in the war against the Italians. So Nick Cage is stationed in Pelagia's home, and they fall in love over the course of the movie because she learns that he plays mandolin, and that really works for her, I guess. (laughs) The Italians surrender to the Allies, and the Germans, who are also stationed on the island, turn on the Italians who were there and uh, massacre all of Nick Cage's men. But one of them saves his life. He leaves the island and then returns and uh, lives happily ever after with Penelope Cruz. So that's pretty much the gist, I think. Yeah, I'd say that about sums it up. Yeah, I mean, the the love story has a little bit more nuance to it, but... Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the gist. The, the gist. point is, in case somebody hasn't seen it, they'll they won't be totally lost mm-hmm. about what we're talking about. Uh, yeah, I put here. Um, the movie opens with a doctor removing a pea from somebody's ear and getting paid with a chicken and a hat full of apples. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's is true. Mm-hmm. Which is a real Animal Crossing. Like RPG <laughs> game kind of kind of shit. I yeah. mean, it's a small island community. I mean, yeah, that's. I mean, barter system. It's fine. Also, that pea looked like a raisin. It was yeah, super or nasty. like a cherry pit disgusting or something. <laughs> yeah, I did enjoy that. There's like a full circle where you know he starts with that um, family, that man, and he's like, I can hear. It's like a symphony and. And, and, and water's rushing through like he's like excited because he's been deaf in yeah. one year for his a majority of his life and then at the end he's like can you please put the pee back in my wife will not stop nagging my, me oh my <laughs> wife she's just all day my wife she's a like, human oh, that talks oh, and man. I hate it I hate my wife that's the joke <laughs> that's the whole joke yeah yeah that's that is the joke, but uh, yeah, it, it is. It um, is nice that it's full circle. It, 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 I, I enjoyed that. Uh, it, it gave it like a, you know, this is a movie about love. It's also a, this is a war movie. I mean, this is straight up a war movie too. Which I, when this, when the last third of this movie turned into like a war, I was so shocked. Yeah, but I actually kind of think it's a really effective thing to do to be like. Okay, here's an hour of getting to know these people mm-hmm. and like being charmed by this beautiful little island, this little village, and you meet all the people and learn about all their lives. And then a fucking war just shows up. I thought that was super effective because when all the fighting starts, you're actually really like emotionally connected to all mm-hmm. the people. Yeah. There. And, and this movie takes place over the course of several years, uh, which I, I think is really important to note because like, Take, for example, the last year that we have experienced, 2020. Think about how hard it was dealing with coronavirus and, like, all of the weird challenges that it brought. You know, that that still, ha- like, it's taken place over the course of about 12 months, uh, uh, its mm-hmm. impact in the United States. Mm-hmm. Com- now compare that to World War II, which is, you know, like six years of actual fighting plus like several years of like tense political climate leading up to it i mean it's it's really interesting to think that like you know these occupiers come to their island and then they just kind of get used to it you know it's just like well 
this is just what life is like now. The Italians have artillery here, and they just hang out in our village. And war might show up. Yeah. I don't know. And then all of a sudden it does. I just checked. Yeah, the armistice when the Italians surrendered was 43, so it was three years from the time they showed up to the time, uh, uh, you know, all the battle started and all the uh, Italian soldiers got killed. Yeah, three years. So he was on the island for three fucking years. This movie also made me realize how fucking crazy it just would have been being alive back then. Like having to listen to the radio to find out what's going on and to have to watch a newsreel that is like, oh, hey, by the way, uh, Germany bombed London, (laughs) you know? Like, and to have to learn about these things like three weeks after they happen. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, that that wasn't just like it happened one time. That was like a blitz. They like kept going yeah. and going and going. It was like air raids every night. That's crazy. Yeah. But but like having to gather the whole village in the square and like learn, it's just nuts. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, hey, Internet's pretty crazy, right? <laughs> hey, oh, it's, coming to it's... you from Des Moines, wherever you guys are, <laughs> you're listening to... Somewhere else, not here. Maybe, maybe here. Probably not. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like I always say. Sometimes the city is like a character in the story. I hate you, you know, so that, much that right famous, now. <laughs> that famous quote I always say. Yeah. Um, <sighs> what did you guys think of uh, Kefalonia? Beautiful. Like I mean, it's gorgeous. It's yeah. I I kept thinking like when they were you know they were walking a basket full of like picked I don't know vegetables. Just from like I don't know, you're foraging near your house or you're gardening, mm-hmm. and then you just they would look up and see the ocean on those like some islands in the distance, and it looked beautiful. It's beautiful, yeah. Talk about yeah. paradise, like you know, who would care about the problems of the big world when you lived <laughs> in a space like that? And then an earthquake yeah, happens. I mean- if I lived on that island, I would probably be like, I don't fucking, you want to live in my house? I don't give a shit, man. Yeah. Have you seen this island? I'm going to go skip a stone into the ocean, and then I'm going to go lay on a hammock. Well, I mean, yeah, I would have hated gonna... if it was an invader. Like, <laughs> Yeah, then I'm going to shoot a cannon at Batman. Yeah, I'm going to go fix somebody's clock for a bag full of onions. <laughs> I, I thought, okay. This, by the way, I want to say this this was filmed on site in Kefalonia. Yes, which I think is really important. It uh, it, yeah. it it mattered. You know, mm-hmm. the, this movie wouldn't have been as effective if it was oh, not absolutely. shot on location. So. <laughs> but, like, they were shooting just like, hey, kids, gather rocks so we can shoot this cannon into a crowd of people. Well, of course you're going to hit some asshole. <laughs> like, come on. Christian Bale's asshole. (laughs) And which asshole? Sexy Greek illiterate Batman. (laughs) Well, so, okay. I think this may be, okay. Nick Cage Mm. had a better accent than Christian Bale. A hard disagree. (laughs) Could not disagree with you more. Well, I'm I'm on Jeff's side on this. To, to be honest, I don't think Christian Bale did a very good one either. Oh, no, and he didn't. This is a little, this might be a little bit like beyond the pale to say this. I don't think John Hurt did a really great accent either. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Sounded like old and gra- like scratchy and that's fine. Yeah, I. it sounded like, I don't know. I mean, he's a great actor. 
or he was a great actor. Um, and I thought that he really did bring a lot of gravitas to the role. But like, yeah, I don't know. I don't think he did a very good job. But I agree. I think Christian Bale was not. He was not really feeling this one. He wasn't really going full method. I don't. Yeah. Think. I, I I mean, this, this <laughs> movie. He, he didn't just become a communist. Like to. Uh, the, the, this movie is uh, to to skip a little ahead to some behind the scenes ish thing. I did see that in his review, Roger Ebert said that he thought that this movie might have worked better with subtitles, uh, noting that there is a scene in which one character says something in a Greek accent and then another character says, what did he say? And someone else explains it in an Italian accent, but they're just both speaking English. I put a note about yeah, that in just here, actually. Both speaking English, and it's really like, I, I mean, because are they? They're not, right? They're speaking like Greek or whatever, yeah. Italian. I mean, they're, I don't I think mean, any of these people are sp supposed to be speaking English. Yeah, no. Well, right? but occasionally they will pepper in a little bit of actual Italian or actual Greek, oh, yeah. which makes it even yeah. more confusing. Like, you're supposed to understand that they're not mutually intelligible, but sometimes Nick Cage, well, for most of the movie, Nick Cage is speaking to Greek people, and he's supposed to be an Italian. Mm -hmm. So we're supposed to understand in those scenes that he is speaking Greek? Yes, I think so. I think there is a line about him being, well, no, it's it's not a line. It's they bring him with uh, when they're uh, trying to accept the, like, mayor's surrender. They bring That's him right, along yes. as as a tr as a translator, as an interpreter. That was confusing. I agree. I think if it had just been, you know, like actual Italian and Greek people, or them at least like speaking Italian and Greek, um, but of course, you know, it's an American production. So yeah, hard to get the yeah. financial backing to make a movie like this with without the big yeah. names attached. Unfortunately. Um. I put in my notes here, uh, and this is interesting because this is almost like a short story. This is a short story in three parts, uh, which just kind of happened to naturally coalesce in my notes. Part one. Oh, that's Christian Bale. Christian Bale is in this movie. I feel neutral. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Part two. Oh, he's doing a Greek accent. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Part three. All caps. Oh no, that means Nick Cage is gonna do an Italian one. Oh no, you were oh, right. No. Yeah, oh, our boy I has think, some know. difficulties with accents, as we have established in the past. Yeah, it's not incredible. Yeah. It's um, still think he did a better job than Christian Bale. I mean, I think he was committing to it more. Yeah. I mean, I think Christian Bale is like I'm, he was like I'm gonna do a half, a half a Greek well, accent. Well, now that's <laughs> that's a good point. You know, if we're looking at this through the lens of like which one, it, it, in comparison to their other performances, how dialed in are the accents? You know, Nick's is like pretty par for the course. I'd say like it's not like he's usually so great at accents, and this is a big slip up for him. It's just like. It's just not one of his strengths. I, I think Cage brings a. No. I truly do think he brings a lot to the table. His facility with accents is not really chief among. Not them. really, not really one of them. Um, what did you guys think of Penelope Cruz in this movie? Hmm. Awesome. She was good. Yeah. Uh, I, I wasn't. Yeah. I. 
I don't really know. I mean, it's a name that I know, but I haven't like really seen a lot of movies featuring her before. Um, yeah, I actually put down where is where what's Penelope Cruz been up to these days? Because um, I remember she was in Vanilla Sky, which I really liked when I was in high school. Yeah, that's the a name of a movie. I've never seen it. I don't think I'd ever seen an actual film that she appeared in. But she was good in this, I thought. Yeah, I thought she was fantastic. She was super charming. And, um, you know, I think she really sold the uh, the turn when she, like, sort of has to fall in love with Nick Cage. Even though I didn't think that the plot really did that. You know, I it felt kind of like the sort of movie where they fall in love because it's the sort of movie where they're supposed to fall in love. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, I mean, I've I saw her in Blow. That was good. Um, I liked oh, yeah, I liked Gothica. Um, yeah, I mean, there's several that I guess I've seen, but that's yeah. She she was definitely the highlight of this movie. And I mean, she was pretty much the star. Like, I mean, it's, you know, like she's the main uh, focal point between the like romance of these two men. And I thought, yeah, um, her and yeah, the the whole dynamic of her and her father was the best part of the movie. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's the main part. Yes. The parts, the scenes with Penelope Cruz and John Hurt were my favorite parts. Definitely. Yeah. And I think you're totally right, Sean. I hadn't thought about that, but she really is the star of the movie. Oh, like this is not a Nick Cage movie. Yeah, the the story is about her, and you know, a, a lot of the time we can like write off movies as being like, oh well, if a, the woman is only in it to facilitate a love story, mm-hmm. then it's not really a character. But in this case, I I. I I really do think that like she her relationship with her dad and the, uh, Cephalonia and the war and these two men is really what's moving the story along. It, it definitely is a movie yeah. about her. And she has aspirations. She wants to be a doctor and she's working on doing it. Mm-hmm. And she has opinions and feelings and like thoughts about stuff. She says things that aren't about men, I'm pretty sure. She actually becomes a doctor not, later on. After actually, the war. not 100% sure if she does. She probably does. What? Say things, say things that aren't about men. Say things men. that aren't about men. Hold on. Um, I, yeah, not. I mean, I don't think this movie would, you know, pass the Bechtel test, but um, sure. It yeah. was still. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I mean, at some point they are talking about the war and not just, you know, her relationship but yeah that's true. very small part yeah and i mean the bechdel yeah. test is two women not her, a woman and her dad yeah does she yeah. ever i mean what did she and batman's dad talk about just batman right no it's batman's mom batman's mom that's what i meant yeah i think just and it's totally just batman him. there's also like her her one friend that goes to the dances with her that's not anything yeah, I mean, oh, oh boy, this, this is a, this is a romance. <laughs> this is a romance movie, though. Yeah, so I mean, it's of fine, course they're going to talk about romance. I mean, that's mm-hmm. you know, that's what it is. Like, it's to be expected. It's it's better than most. Yeah, not not perfect, but it's better than most. Um, yeah, I liked Christian Bale a lot more after he left. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie it, during the beginning of the movie, 
him and Penelope Cruz are together, which makes sense because they're both impossibly beautiful people. Mm -hmm. And uh, he is portrayed as being like really immature. Like when he proposes to her, he plays a prank on her where I somebody ties her dress to the chair or something. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She gets stuck to the chair somehow. So you kind of get like, OK, he's like a boy, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but a then he's sexy he man boy. Yeah, he's a very I'm not going to say that sentence. Um, <laughs> That's probably good. I don't want that. We are, attached to we my are recording this. So, yeah, this is going into the Library of Congress as soon as we're done. So we don't <laughs> do that. Um, so there's worse things in that library. It's probably true. It, it uh, totally is. It's got to be true. Look it up. I um, I really liked him a lot more after he came back and was all like grizzled and PTSD and screwed up, uh, like physically. Afterwards, I thought that was really uh, that was really humanizing. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I felt like would have been a way better story. Yeah, I mean, this movie did a good job of humanizing him and, as you alluded to in the intro, the Nazi, the actual Nazi mm -hmm. guy and, yeah. like, the Italian soldiers. I mean, like, when I, you know, 15 minutes into this movie, I was like, oh, boy, this is this is going to be a movie that tries to get me to like Mussolini's soldiers. Mm -hmm. But, like, I think it did a pretty effective job of it. I mean... You know, yeah, for sure. You know, I like I said when Sean was talking about um, how it's it's portrayed that um, uh, the Italian soldiers that we see in the movie are not sympathetic to Mussolini and like the greater um, Axis kind of like movement. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the Nazi in the movie is he is like they do a lot of things in the movie to make you feel bad for him mm -hmm. and to like empathize with him like he gets bullied by all the uh, italian people he and he gets shot friend. down by that women Nazi needs and, like, a friend i know like there was there was a moment in the movie where i was like oh come on man don't take all his don't take all his cigarettes <laughs> whatever he had the good ones <laughs> uh, yeah to be honest of all of the actors in this movie i actually thought he was probably the best one um, the scene later on during the massacre when he's like wrestling with shooting uh, mm -hmm. Nick Cage after he sees that he's alive. That was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, oh, that. Uh, yeah. Heart wrenching. I was like, fuck, no, don't do it. <laughs> it was so how like you could see on his face all of this like conflict and, and it was after after the the before well, okay just like a couple scenes before he had said something along the lines to him where he's like after the war you're going to write me right can can we stay in touch and he just like walks away <laughs> like <laughs> like nick cage is like no nah, dude we're not homies like <laughs> yeah and he learned the they also learned previously that the uh, other Italian soldiers that surrendered were killed. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a really emotionally complex scene. And I, I also thought it was like the most emotionally complex part of the whole movie. Mm -hmm. I was I was blown away at that part. Yeah. And also and like when all of the Italian guys get rounded up yep. and they all look confused because yeah, they don't know what's scene. going on. 
and then the one guy drops down to his knees and starts praying yeah. and, then and then immediately guy, everybody another guy takes off and it's like it yeah it, it breaks like the tension breaks and it's like instantaneously they all realize what's about to happen and uh so, yeah, so bit, effective like, very, very moving that i mean that was something that i thought was really interesting um you know from a looking at you know the parts of this movie that just examine history the idea of like you know these two allied armies where one of them surrenders and then yeah. switches sides basically like after mussolini's decline the italians couldn't move quickly enough to like you know put themselves with the allied forces in order to you know presumably give themselves some political capital post-war yeah. but it's like then all of a sudden you have places like this an occupied island where it's like people that you've just been you know kind of homies with for several years or it's just like oh i guess we're the baddies now like we you know yeah. they don't yeah, uh, it, it's a very interesting uh, situation. Another thing that kind of, kind of just comes up, like, cause like you know, like you said, the like first two thirds of this movie are like really chill. They're like hanging out on the beach yeah. and like you know palling around with prostitutes. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, and the then it's like when it actually switches to like full on war and like they realize that they're 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 surrendering. And they have like a deadline to give over all their weapons. Uh, there, they realize like there's a there is a line where they say like there's X amount of like thousand troops, German troops on the island, which you've never seen more than like mm -hmm. one or two up yeah. until that point. So you're just like, oh, so they're just on another part of the island. There's just a shit ton of Germans that we've never seen, and then even more are coming because this isn't like an, you know, a, a, a sweet beach to like drop yeah. soldiers off and like have like, like it's a hopping stone to another, it, yeah. uh, you know, uh, front. And so when that happens, they realize like, well, if we get rid of our weapons, we're all just dead. So mm -hmm. let's like help out Christian Bale. And yeah, because Christian Bale is working with the partisans, the resistance group uh, who are choosing to fight in the war. They're actually like going out of their way to fight in the war. And so they ask the Italians for their weapons. Uh, yeah, I just loved that. I thought that was very, um, very well written and very clever how they built to that sort of conflict mm -hmm. without me even really realizing it was going to happen. Uh, one other thing that I'd like to quick touch on with the, you know, massacre of these Italian troops is that this movie doesn't really show the full scale, you know, because this movie is based on actual historical events. The massacre of this uh, division of Italian soldiers is a real thing. And the movie wouldn't be able to show the scale of this at all. Uh, the, the infighting between the Italian soldiers and the German soldiers stationed on Cephalonia, uh, 1,300 Italian soldiers were killed in combat. Over, over 5,000 Italian soldiers were executed as prisoners of Jesus. war. And then 3,000 more drowned when a German transport ship that was carrying them back to Europe proper was sunk 
So wow. Uh, and so I mean, this could have been like a Saving Private Ryan. Oh, like absolutely. I mean, Jesus. you know, the the scale of World War Two is impossible to capture in film. Um, I, I mean, this you know movie had a budget of about fifty million dollars. I think. Wow, really? Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess that's not 50, terribly 50, surprising. Fifty-seven million. Um, uh, it would have taken a lot more. I think, given that the the scenes showing military conflict uh, conflict are are executed quite well, I think they all looked yeah. good for is yes, mm-hmm. you know for a movie that's twenty years old. That yeah. and like, I mean, the city that they had, like you know, the town square. And it's a beautiful, like, little just, like, you know, village. And then they just blow that fucking thing apart. Mm, It looked fucked up. Yeah. And just, like, just after that air raid, it was insane. Yeah. And then the earthquake. Poof. Yeah, and then the earthquake. Man, life's a bitch and then you die. I put in my notes, it never fucking ends for these people. (laughs) Tell me about it. I was I I was so pissed off at the end of this movie, when there's the earthquake, after everything has happened and Corelli has left and uh, the movie's kind of tying up its loose ends, uh, and there's an earthquake, and Penelope Cruz is sprinting through the town, running to her home where she lives with her dad, and she shows up and the house is destroyed, and I was like, I was like first of all if he's dead. Fuck you. <laughs> I, I, okay. Because don't don't city of angels me with this bullshit. Like if somebody's going to die, it cannot just be like a freak, literal, like act of God. Like, oh, I guess. Whoops. Well, I mean, he's dead. That, Isn't that sad? That shit does no. happen, though. And I- it does happen. But, you know, it's in movies. But he but then he wasn't dead. He was alive. And it's like. That's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's even worse to fake us out like that. Like, I've, fuck you. Okay, so when that happened. God, I was so mad. When, when that happened. Okay, this, this is just. It's not meant to sound like a joke. But I was legit like, oh, her record. <laughs> what? <laughs> like yeah. the earthquake happened and her house is destroyed. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, oh, that record. <laughs> oh, also her dad. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, he's. <laughs> Well, I just assumed he was gone, like at that yeah. point, because like you, okay, that scene, by the way, where his like like cup just starts to sh- wa- wobble, and then all of a sudden the whole fucking like yeah, vi- like the whole room flips. I know that was amazing. I yeah. loved yeah. that scene. That was amazing. That was really cool. I put here when Nick Cage comes back at the end of the movie. He looks older there than he does in real life right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I mean, it they... reminded me of uh, Pe- when uh, Peggy Sue got married. Yeah, well, I, was, <laughs> I was just about to say they definitely did a better job of aging him up in this. But I mean, they I guess what they were taking him from like 40 to 50 instead of, I don't know, 20 to 50 or whatever. 20 to a reanimated corpse. <laughs> Just whatever he is in that movie. Whatever those, whatever you call those wigs, like old judges would wear. <laughs> yeah, like he, a, barris, a barrister's wig. Yeah, he, he just <laughs> fell into a vat of wig powder. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, I, did you guys buy the romance? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, 
it's that was all like um that was that was all on a what Cruz's job doing like she she really mm-hmm. sold it I think. yeah yeah I mean wh- either way it's like you know I think Christian Bale like he he seemed like a good scorned lover you know and when, yeah he was great but like you know when when he's putting Nick Cage on the boat and sending him back home he does have this like disdain in his eyes but he's it's like why'd you save me and he's like well i you know i i didn't want to like like lose her so i did this Mm. nice thing if i let you die she would just probably hate me regardless Mm -hmm. and i was like i buy that i buy that but like the love between them she she, i think she like really loved him i mean at least as far as you know good acting I agree. I think a worse actress and I think it would have fallen apart Uh, for sure. You know, I think he was pretty middling as far as that went. But yeah, she was she really sold the the um, she made up any difference in the chemistry department, I would say. But yeah, I like that. um, I I like that scene you were talking about with Christian Bale. I thought he was a super sympathetic character in this movie. And that was really emotionally resonant to have a character be like, you know, I, I love her and it's not what I want, but it is what's best for her. So to like make that after all of the things that it's implied that he's been through was a really, um, sad moment. (laughs) (laughs) It was a sad moment. (laughs) It was, sad uh i i I would also say i i think it's pretty important the way she sells the romance with nick is very different from her portrayal of like the puppy love with batman at the beginning of the movie you know she she which isn't to say that like she at you know, doesn't sell her romance with Batman because she does. It's just she does a good job of making them distinct from each other and showing, you know, that her character is like, you know, found her true love or whatever, not someone that she's just infatuated with because he's around or whatever. I, I, I think she differentiates them nicely. And because he's 25 year old Christian Bale and like, come on. That was the worst. That was the most unrealistic part of the movie for me was that Penelope Cruz left 25 year old Christian Bale for Nick Cage. Come on. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, she did think he was pretty much dead at a certain point. That's true. And in her defense. <laughs> never mind. I don't know how to appropriately segue into this, so I'm just going to go ahead and do it this way. In her defense, uh, it, it's apparently cool because apparently Christian Bale has a small dick. <laughs> Which is something they talk about in this movie. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, when. Uh, yeah, his fucking mom, right? Yeah. His mom, mom makes a small pee pee joke. And his fiance, while they're like treating his wounds, talk about how he has a small dick. Wow. I was like. But I was his cannon wounds. His cannon wounds, right? Not his yes, wartime yes. wounds. Mm-hmm. Okay, because that would be yeah. just beyond the pale. Welcome home. Thank you for fighting to defend your country from fascist invaders. Anyway, haha, small peepee. 
Yeah, totally. That would be landing kind of flat. <laughs> yeah, um, real cool. But... Real cool. Uh, I put a note here. Um, that lady who kissed the Nazi on the cheek is going to be real bummed out when she learns about all the other Nazi stuff. Oh. Yeah, except as it turns <sighs> out, didn't oh. didn't have time. Didn't have time to find I, out about that other Nazi true. stuff. Rough. Yeah. So kind of worked out, I guess, is what it was what you're trying to say. Um, I'm not sh- <laughs> quite sure if that's what well, I said. I but. agree. It's I agree. I am I am also glad that she did. Yeah, um, I guess it did work out for the best. You're probably right. Uh huh. I I was a little. I wasn't just sit over there. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, not super jazzed. I guess about the like dance scene. I just thought it was really weird. The scene where all of the Italian soldiers dance with all the women that were there. Mm-hmm. Because it, they were showing it as like a way to, I guess, show that they mean no harm. You know what I mean? And that like they can peacefully coexist and all that stuff. But they're also like hitting on all the women. Yeah. Which yeah. I thought was sort of weird. Like all of the men of this village are off fighting in a war against them. Mm-hmm. Like against the Italians, but then the Italians are gonna like start a dance party with all the women that are yeah. there. It's just it felt tonally a little weird to me. Uh, yeah, but I mean that probably happened at some point. I don't know. That like it seemed reasonable, like, you know, they they're trying like especially it's like it's been what, three years, two and a half maybe? I didn't like they know and that's them. true. That's true. I felt like maybe that was chalked up to like the um, how we don't know that much about the passage of time, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. As far as that scene existing to show the, you know, intermingling of the two cultures uh, that took place over this period of occupation, I think it could have been better served with. And it pains me to say this, a montage like, a, I think a montage yes. yeah. could have been better of a bunch of smaller events, you know, where mm-hmm. at first people are more standoffish and like people, tr- you know, maybe they try to have this dance and it's like no one talks to each other. And then like cut to a scene of like, you know, market day and they're like starting to mix and like laugh and yeah. joke with each other a little and, you know, show over time those borders kind of eroding yeah i agree i think a little bit more time showing um the love story between nick cage and penelope cruz developing would have been nice but also yeah like a little bit more i mean even just like two three scenes small little vignettes of people kind of slowly learning to accept each other because the way it goes in the movie is that they hate each other Mm -hmm. and then they have that thing that dance party and they dance together and then afterwards they're a little bit better but they still mostly hate each other uh, yeah i mean and even in that scene you see several like men that are from the village that are that are just like seeing the women dance and then like you know whispering among themselves like fucking can you believe this and then yeah later on you see that like two of them drag off one of the girls and then hang her from a tree so yeah that's you know it they they knew that they 
they they were angry about it. There was, you know, you you saw that yeah. kind of unfold. Yeah, but I don't think it's, or maybe they should have done that scene with a little bit more tension. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Either lean into it as, um, like a moment that is earned because the two peoples have sort of come to accept each other or on the other side of things have it be really tense and uncomfortable mm-hmm. and sort of um uh, uh foreshadow events like what you were talking about sean where it's like it's gonna this is gonna have repercussions at some point yeah but mm-hmm. instead it, it just sort of sticks out as this one like cute fun scene in the middle of the movie which doesn't really gel with the other stuff i don't know i th- I, I saw some of that there because, you know, like I said, the, there's, you know, some angry guys in the corner. Some of the women are just giving stern looks to like the older women of the village mm-hmm. are giving stern looks to the younger ones. And then pretty much the people that are having the best time are just the like soldiers. Yeah. I, I yeah. mean, it all kind of centers around Penelope Cruz's one friend, right? Because mm-hmm. she has her little bit of dialogue where she's like no i i she's like i i'm flattered that you want to dance with me but i really can't like you're italian you know Mm -hmm. you're an occupying army but she doesn't really play it like i i don't know i it just it just kind of doesn't really work uh maybe if you know the character had had some more screen time you know an extra short scene or something to kind of like flesh out her you know as as to what you said josh if she had a little more tension and it it felt a little more like she was an unwilling participant in the dance or if there had been more time for but i mean then that would just be mirroring penelope cruz's character development and that's would be kind of a waste of time so i don't know yeah i mean i guess that's true um the relationship between corelli and penelope cruz i guess is sort of supposed to be a um a representation of the larger relationship between the italians and the greeks uh yeah i don't know uh my next note was why is he out of breath he was riding a motorcycle (laughs) (laughs) Huh. Yeah, the scene when he finds her off in the woods right before, I think right before they have sex for the first time. He gets on his motorcycle and, like, walks three feet and is like, hey. Well, now that that is interesting. Because I think there is a, you know, a group of people in the world who could come out of breath from riding a motorcycle. It's it's (laughs) us. We're those people. But a a soldier in fighting shape for World War II, I think, should be able to uh, hold it together a little better. It should be fine, I feel like. Uh, I also wrote that I was pleasantly surprised to see that Penelope Cruz had armpit hair. Yeah. Because that was was period appropriate. Oh, yeah. That's an interesting little, like, um, period-specific detail, I guess, which was good. Uh, I also put that it was weird. That's exactly the sort of, like, thing that you know, normal Hollywood misogyny would erase, you know, they, they would mm-hmm. go through all these like extensive, you know, aches and pains to make it as like period appropriate oh, as of possible. Course, this, and then when push yeah. comes to shove, they're like, oh, those really, uniforms really to can't have that armpit hair in there though. You that's really that's really going to irk me if I, if we don't take that, just take it out. Yeah. Um, I also put that it was weird that John Hurt 
that her dad, when he was talking about love, um, talked about her imagining Nick Cage kissing every part of her body. Oh, super <laughs> uncomfortable. You mean right after that he did that? You mean right yeah. after he did that? And he and he knows. He sees her once and is like, oh. Yeah, it's, so it's like somebody just got laid. It's I like, know it's your daughter. Dude. I know this scene literally could only be yuckier if he was straight up just like, oh, smells like you just had sex. Oh, <laughs> God, dude, it was, it was. I don't know. I thought like, yeah, I, I, I did think that line was fucking weird. But uh, shortly after, like, still the same scene where he's talking about how like love is, um, mm-hmm. like. You know, it, it's it's easy to have sex in it's the like living with with each other for a long period of time. And it's after the the like hormones fade. And then, yeah, it's yeah. what's left over. That's love. And I was like, that's a that's a sweet scene. Um, if you get past the part where you're like, did you know she <laughs> just one. had sex? Yeah, John, you know, John a, Hurt is definitely advocating for that separate bedroom level of love, you know? Yeah, or like, no, uh, just like two beds. Like, same sure, room. Sure, yeah. sure. Two yeah. beds. Like a, like a 50s sitcom. Yeah. Two, <laughs> two beds in one room. It's, it's, it's kind of realistic in a way, because every conversation that you have with your actual parents about, like, love always includes them saying one or two things where you're like, oh, don't talk about that. Come on. <laughs> Dad. Yeah. You're like, oh, gross. Don't say that. Well, and especially he's also like a doctor, you know, so I and he's a doctor. They there's a scene that goes out of its way to talk about how, you know, he's not a religious man. Like he mentions that mm-hmm. out loud on one occasion. So they do kind of set up his character as someone who wouldn't really be like squeamish about like talking about biology you know yeah, he's, I mean, very he's a up doctor front, very upfront with everybody and probably a little curt maybe a little rude sometimes yeah but for sure and that that whole thing he was talking about was i feel like a pretty direct commentary on the difference between uh mandras uh that's batman's character mm-hmm. and uh nick cage um which that was good do you guys have anything more that you want to say about the movie before we move on to the other segments. I'm trying to think if there's any performances or anything. I mean, we talked about Penelope Cruz. We talked about Nick. We talked about well, John kind Hurt. of. We talked about Nick Cage's voice. Let's actually do that. Let's do that segment first. We're going to go a little bit out of order here. How was uh, Nick Cage in that? How, yeah, how was Nick Cage in that? How was Nick Cage in that? Fine. <laughs> I don't think... I feel like this was a real B performance for him. And I don't mean that is like it's bad. I mean on a, like a grading scale. This was like a B, B minus. Like he just showed up and did the character. I, f- I feel like, yeah. Yeah, I mean... I. He he's a professional, you know, and even when mm-hmm. he's not, you know, maybe having as much fun with a role as he sometimes does, I, I think he still always does a, a passable job. Um, mm-hmm. But that being said, it's like, I don't know, we 
at first I kind of thought that we were going to get into the trend of these like more understated roles for him were going to be like kind of universally worse than his real over the top ones. But that hasn't really borne out to be true. Like I thought his mm-hmm. performance in Joe, for example, unbelievably good. That's what I was just thinking st- of too I when he said think, that. I still think that's the best acting I've seen of him. I agree a hundred percent. Yeah, for sure. That's probably um, his best one. But yeah. like, as far as this one goes, I really yeah no like not my favorite but i think he had a lot of fun with this role uh especially with all the like you know singing with the boys you know yeah (laughs) like he he got into it and like yeah i i I really believe that he he was he was all in but like Mm -hmm. maybe this you know maybe it's a little difficult to do an italian accent i don't know i all mine are based on cartoons um (laughs) <laughs> yeah definitely to do a, a realistic convincing period appropriate italian accent yeah. uh where you're doing an italian accent that's supposed to be speaking greek but you're really yeah. speaking english i mean i don't even know how you parse it yeah there's a lot of things working against him mm-hmm. and, and uh, yeah I, I i i will back you up i think the the parts of the movie where he's like you know leading his artillery group and their little choral practice and stuff like that i i thought that those moments it did seem like he was having more fun and yeah you know that made it more fun to watch i mean that's how it typically goes yeah the parts where the character gets to have fun you could tell he was enjoying a lot more but i think that um you're sort of right jeff in that he is he's one of those actors who like you can really tell when he loves a character or he's really into a performance and committed to it. But I also think that he is professional enough that even when he's not, he can fake it pretty Mm -hmm. well. Even when he's like, he doesn't care about the role or the movie or he's not, maybe not that he doesn't care, but he's not like super invested in it. He still is able to show up and like do the work and do good. Um, I don't really have any kind of complaints about him. I feel like he did, exactly what the script demanded of him i feel like he i think probably his best acting was like you guys said his interactions with the other guys in his uh in his group uh oh also he uh did actually play the mandolin which i love i was gonna save that for the behind the scenes bit but uh i when i was watching the movie i i noticed that his fingering was lining up like i don't play the mandolin i play the guitar but I noticed that his fingering and his picking and stuff kind of lined up, which you almost never see in movies. It's usually fake. And uh, I looked into it. No, he actually did learn how to play the mandolin for this. That's cool. And and that doesn't surprise me. That is the sort of attention to detail that I think Nick really um, always puts the time in for. Mm-hmm. Uh, it mm-hmm. really does seem like, you know, if his character is going to do something, he wants to do it, at least. You know, if the director yeah. will let him, <laughs> that's... Uh, <laughs> You know, kind of the you eat two bugs this time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I was looking at that and I was like, yeah, he looks like he's really playing that for sure. Yeah, um, he really was. And then uh, uh, there is a line when he's uh, introduced. Uh, he's introducing the like uh, the badass of the like his his uh, uh, regiment. Uh, he's got the new recruit that's like seen some shit and he's like all right well can you sing all right uh 
and uh, he's going through all the rules, and he's like, if you if you request Wagner, <laughs> you will be shot on sight. Oh yeah, that's a buck wild thing. No, doesn't the... doesn't he say that to the Nazi? Because he he, no. <laughs> he he says something. He he makes that same kind of joke a couple of times. He does it with the new recruit guy. And I think at one point he tells the German officer that he'll shoot him if he likes yeah. or doesn't like some composer or another. I, which... I believe it was Wagner who is German. So I think that was the reference there. That was the joke. Being oh, okay. There. I was confused by that. I'm not like particularly not my wheelhouse of music. I had um, to double check to be sure. So just <laughs> so you're aware. So it's not just you. But yeah, Wagner was... Uh, um, a German composer who I think, like, if I remember right, what Hitler was like way into. Hmm. I, there's some connection there. Uh, I just, <laughs> I mean that that would track. There's also a bit where the the Italian soldiers are kind of razzing the Nazis about like he's like you're not blonde. I thought all you super superhuman men were like so cool and blonde. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, but you're not blonde, just like Hitler. Yeah. Mind drop. Like, yeah. yeah. I put I put I'm really glad they're just fucking with this Nazi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so uh this is a bit of a sidebar, but I did just discover that there is a Wikipedia page that is just called Wagner Controversies and it is long Ooh, yes all right um, section one is called paternity section two is death section three is i think the longest and it's just called anti-semitism so yeah, yeah well that we know we know that hitler liked that so so that was actually a really like multi-layered joke there wow all right surprisingly yeah. <laughs> uh I was trying to think. Do you guys have anything else that you want to say about the movie or about Nick Cage? Uh, his performance? Yeah, or? well, I at least want to ask you guys. Uh, we haven't, in, in relation to his performance specifically, we didn't talk too much about uh, the, like, massacre scene and the wartime stuff. Did, did he sell that stuff for you guys? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because... When it when the shit hits the fan, he's really just kind of in this state of like shock and panic. Mm -hmm. uh, he's still keeping his cool to a degree because he is trying to lead some tr men, but he's also yeah. just seeing all of his dudes get shot. To yeah, fuck and, up, and so. as they said, it's the first real conflict yeah. yep. that they experienced. Yeah. You know, his thought, whole yeah. artillery crew yeah. saw no combat leading up to the occupation. So, mm -hmm. and that's why I was like, this is. I thought it worked well. Yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. I, I think that he sold those scenes really well. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the the look of realization and panic. Um, I think that his like dying scene and the surgery scene, you know, those would have been opportunities for Nick to, you know, be be Nick Cage and, and go a little more over the top than maybe yeah. it was called for. But I, I think he kept it pretty restrained and realistic. I think he sold uh, that that section of the movie. He he performed well also, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, the chaos and the confusion of the situation, uh, the direction and all of the acting and all the set pieces and the effects sold that really well. That was far and away, I think, the most effective part of the movie. Uh, anything else you guys want to touch on before we move on to the recast? 
Okay. Uh, did you guys know that there's two John Maddens? Because when I looked up who directed this movie, I was like, John Madden? But the he's, football he's the football man. He's, he's the football man? He's the football man who makes the EA Sports. John John Madden from my video games? Yeah. Well, I know I know my, that my cousin from video Xbox. games, not my video games. Yeah. <laughs> Poor we kid. The only NFL game I ever owned was Blitz. Yeah. <laughs> 64, baby. Yeah, the only sports game I ever owned was NBA Jam. I which by the way, I still fucking own. Hell yeah. Nice When's brand. the last time you played it? I don't have a Sega Genesis anymore, but I still oh, have that. Yeah, damn. it's on a shelf. Uh, I think it's time we move on to the hardest question of all questions, which is if you had to recast the Nicolas Cage role in this movie with any other actor or actress from any time period, who would it be and why? Do you guys have answers? Because I do. You know, a good war, romance, drama kind of movie always puts me in the mood for somebody who's Maybe, I don't know, uh, you know, I, I can't even fake it. I, it's, <laughs> not, it's not about, what I love about this part, Jeff, is that it's not about what the answer is going to be. The be. It's not about what point, a, point B is. It's just how he gets from point A to point B. Yeah. It's my it, favorite part of this every time. It really is like a fun, it's got to be like a, you know, my, my grandpa would have called it a fun challenge, you know. This is like a creative yeah. writing exercise. You're just like, I know the ending. I, I, my hand is forced at this point. It's just yeah. how where where do you where do you beat that trail? Somebody <laughs> already spoiled the movie, but I still want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah um, you know, it's just I've never I, I I've seen him play many a cowboys and like you know he's he's you know breaking hearts all around the world. But yeah, um, you know I I don't know if he would be a good captain. In fact, I think. I think it would be a better Christian Bale in because I mean I think he'd pull off the beard better. Uh, I'm mm. gonna have to say Kurt Russell. Oh, there it Kurt, is. Kurt Russell would have been awesome in the Christian Bale role. Yes, yeah. I agree. Actually, <laughs> would have been absolutely sick. I was just looking because I can't. I don't think I've ever seen him play um, any kind of. I've never seen Kurt Russell play any kind of military person, which is weird because, like, I feel like every male actor in all of Hollywood is contractually obligated to play someone in the military at some point. Yeah, but he's, here's, he's played, here's like marshals and stuff. Here, but like, but that's like, you know, American, you know, yeah, like frontier shit. Like, yeah, yeah you like, know what? I'm I'm incorrect. He once did play a captain in Captain Ron. So, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, pretty much the same captain, thing. Captain Ron is like. <laughs> Welcome to our next segment, <laughs> Captain Ron discussion. Oh my god! In Captain Ron, he's just like a boozy, like yeah, pirate. Like he's not even a pirate. He's like Great just movie. like a day, like ca like he takes people out on a boat for like a fishing trip. Yeah, he's not like he's not like a real. No, like, I mean it's basically the same it's thing. Not a military uh, captain. Jeff, do you have an answer? <laughs> uh, yeah, I do have an answer. I, I, I'm. I've been wrestling about with whether or not this was going to be my final answer because I think in some ways it would work really well, but in others maybe not so much. Uh, but I would like to throw Gene Wilder out. Back the fuck up. What? So hear Wait, me. Hold out. on. Hear hold me on. out. Okay. What? To era? make sure that I haven't like 
sorry, my cat just fell off the desk. To make sure that I haven't completely forgotten, like, he's, that's Willy Wonka, right? <laughs> he is Willy that, Wonka. That's, Fra that's Frankenstein. He, okay. I, I apologize for the interruption. Please continue. But see, there we go. That is more the energy I'm trying to channel. I think that a young Gene Wilder as the music loving, hmm. you know, guy who's been brought along into the army because he's a young man in Italy in 1939 or whatever. Yeah. And I think that he would bring that part of the role uh, very well. I think huh. that him being shell shocked and, uh, you know, seeing the turmoil up close, you know, and how much it jars the Nick Cage character. I think that he could maybe have a little bit more difficult. I mean, it, that's just so far outside of the wheelhouse of anything we'd, we'd I, I, at least that I've ever seen him portray. I don't yeah. really know how he would fare in that. But I think, you know, I think on the romance stuff, I think he could actually do a pretty good job. You yeah. know, in in Young Frankenstein, there's some really like tender moments. I mean, I think that Gene Wilder had the ability to get kind of quiet and sad and, you know, convey a sense of like longing that I, yeah. I, I think would work. Yeah, that's actually a really good answer Um, to, to think about like uh, an actor who is because at this point Nick Cage has starred in probably a dozen action movies. So you already sort of expect him to be like an actiony guy and he's got like that like handsome leading man persona and all that stuff. So to have a person who is just very not either of those things um not that I'm trying to call Gene Wilder ugly or whatever, but you know what I mean like somebody who's not typecast in that role mm -hmm. i think would yeah i think it would be more convincing as um the sort of like musical opera loving kind of dude or like roberto benini who is an italian whoa ah look at that um do you guys want to hear my answer sure okay are you ready because it might destroy the universe okay all right as long as i have your approval I would recast Nick Cage as Daniel Day-Lewis because, number one, I mean, what can't he do? Number two, <laughs> I would really love to see Daniel Day-Lewis and Christian Bale get into a method off with each other. Because <laughs> I feel like no matter what you did, the two guys would be like, Daniel Day-Lewis would be like, well, I'm going to move to Italy for six months and become a cobbler, which he actually did in real life. He really, that actually happened. I don't even think that was for a movie. I, I think he just wanted to do it. Yeah, I mean, who who wouldn't do that if they had the opportunity? Like, and for real, Christian Bale, and Christian Bale like, would hear that and be like, six months? Pfft, that's hack shit. I'm going for a year. I'm going for 18. He would hear that and run to the director and be like, he'd run to the director and be like, do you need me to lose weight? <laughs> or gain it a lot or a yep, little? I'd be like, no, you're fine, man. Are you sure? Because I can lose like I can lose like 80 pounds. I can I can no. <laughs> I can join no, a Christian, I can join an actual like communist revolution if you want I, I'll do it I'll do it. And he turns and looks at Daniel Day Lewis is literally already like swimming to Cuba. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Damn it! He has a head start. Son of a bitch. 
<laughs> I wonder if they've ever been in a movie together. Anyway, uh, that's my recast, Daniel Day-Lewis. And mm. also, like, he's a really good actor, so he would be fine. Yeah. He'd be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm sure would, like, learn how to play the mandolin and spend 18 months touring with an opera company and stuff. Uh, yeah. Well, that about wraps it up for this week. Unless... Unless... Unless, do you guys maybe want to, um, do you guys maybe want to take a uh, quick, I don't have a good segment for this. There's a behind the scenes part that we do now. Let's do that. Yeah, sure. let's go back I there behind the scenes. I oh. could not think of a good segue. I just started talking and hoped that I would get there at some point, and I did not. All right. Um, yeah, what's, 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 what's behind the scenes? What have, uh, what have the boys in the uh, lab cooked up this time yeah we checked in with the r&d department um yeah what i thought was extremely interesting was that during the production of this movie which took place on kefalonia uh all of the crew and actors and actresses and everything the entire production uh team moved to the island and during production of the movie lived in the houses of the people on the island which i thought was an incredibly um serendipitous thing <laughs> yeah uh, okay i mean it's not quite the same as getting occupied by the italian yeah, army it's but not this, yeah. yeah at least you're getting paid uh, probably <laughs> yeah shit that is yeah. intense though huh huh yeah huh. uh here's so a does quote that mean from, they like uh, destroyed some people's houses yeah they caused a real earthquake Fuck no, that's this. not true. Oh. <laughs> now that's method acting. Yeah, that's <laughs> got Mother Gaia involved in the act. Uh, yeah. So, Cage again did learn how to play um, the mandolin. He is quoted here as saying, "I have no musical ability to speak of, no training. My approach was to attack and conquer it somehow by constant practice." Uh, he downplays his achievement by calling it mimicry or memorization of three or four songs. However, Irene Papas, who I think was, which one was that? Was that, um, and that's uh, Batman's mom. Yes. Okay. She said, I was so impressed by it that I cried. It was wow. obvious how much he'd worked to get to that point of skill. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, no. Nick, buddy, I, I don't think you're giving yourself enough credit. You you've described the process of learning an instrument. Yeah, like, That's yeah, how you do it. Yeah. At first, you don't know how to do it. And then you keep doing it until you know how to do you it. Repeat good. It, and then you <laughs> you memorize it. Somehow, all I had to do was practice. And then I could play like three or four songs on the mandolin. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, everyone has a first song that they learn. You know, usually it's Seven Nation Army, but you know, in this case, I on guess. the mandolin. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great riff. It's a great riff. That's cool, though, man. I really do respect the hell out of him for for mm -hmm. that being his his style. You know, he's like, no, I'm I'm gonna go to a stunt driving school and I'm gonna learn the mandolin and I'm gonna touch the cobra. I want to hold the cobra. I want to eat the bugs. <laughs> I know it's a prop cobra. That's why I brought my own. <laughs> yeah. I want a real bat. Yes. Somebody somebody let slip that there wouldn't be any varmints present. So I, I brought my varmint wrangler. Keep one on the payroll at all times. 
<laughs> you know, when you own yeah. multiple castles, it pays to have a varmint wrangler on your, yeah. you know, as a permanent mm -hmm. fixture. Yeah, I mean, at, yeah, how do you deal with the rats in your castle? Have a couple snakes. Yeah. He also <laughs> he also uh, brings my suitcase full of uh, weird hats. <laughs> Multitasking. Yeah. A couple Bentleys, you know, it's okay. I don't really have a lot of other things I want to say, I guess, about the production of the movie. Jeff and I did talk briefly, and I'm sure you probably know this too, Sean, that this movie was based on a book. Uh, and there are some differences between the two, which we probably don't have time to get too deep into here. But I know that in the book, the Christian Bale role is a lot more filled out. I believe it follows him as he goes to war during parts of the movie. Which I understand why they didn't do it, but I thought would have been cool to see. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, the the like new recruit guy for their for the uh, artillery company's uh, artillery company. Mm -hmm. I, I, yep. Yes. Uh, yeah. He uh, he has a much bigger part in, in the novel. And I mean, you kind of would understand that if just from watching this movie because at a certain point he's like i will do anything to protect the captain and it's like where yeah. is that loyalty coming from you just joined this like like regiment yeah and it, it, it yeah. i mean sure like a couple years have passed at that point but it's like you don't really see it so no you don't i i think even literally even one scene mm -hmm. of him like starting to sing along with the guys would be enough to like yeah. sell that connection but they don't ever really do that yeah that was one thing i wasn't a big fan of i didn't like that that whole that whole yeah. character arc you know but, but it was minor it kind of has the feel of something where like maybe you know in an earlier version of the script he had a little bit bigger of a role mm -hmm. to play but i mean the the runtime on this movie is over two hours, right? Yeah, like there's not a lot of wiggle room for them to add in more stuff. Yeah, yeah it's always hard when you're adapting a novel to a screenplay, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm pretty much out of stuff to say, so I just want to close with a quote that I saw here uh, of John Hurt uh, talking about the island of Kefalonia. Uh, he said, I sat and looked at the picture postcard view across the bay. And then it drifted across my mind that these very extraordinary things happened really not that long ago, certainly within my lifetime. Hmm. Powerful words. God Powerful damn, John words. Hurt. I know. What a what a man. Right? Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, so I guess uh, to follow up that <laughs> really insightful and uh, intense thing from legendary actor john hurt um follow us on instagram <laughs> jesus <laughs> christ <laughs> podcast? Uh, hey, you boxed me into I, a corner here i there know i really wanted to drop that because i knew that there was absolutely no way we could pull out of that tailspin yeah i i guess jo join us in a couple weeks when we uh Good watch luck. army of one uh a comedy <laughs> film yeah. Tell us if there's uh, tell us if there's movies you want us to watch. Uh, you know, I mean, like maybe like a good one or something. Please, any good one, please, God. It's been so long. I'm dying of thirst over here. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's gonna do it for us this week. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. I love you. <laughs> Bye.
I love you so much. Uh, yeah. Bye, everybody. Lo love you guys, too. Uh, love, and I mean the audience. Thank you. Oh. No, thank you. I did. I didn't, but okay. Oh, I, I love you guys. Um, all right, well... Uh, Thanks for listening. Don't worry, this will be short. If you enjoy the podcast and want updates, check us out on Twitter. We're at Atwack Podcast. That's A-T-W-A-C Podcast for All the World's a Cage. Also, review us on iTunes if you use that. Or recommend us to a friend. Well, ask if they like Nick Cage first, and then ask if they like podcasts, and then recommend us. Thanks again.